Hey family, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'm reporting for duty, sir. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. And Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. Just before we do our normal deal about what we're going to be talking about, this just came in from our webmaster here. Uh, you know, people have been complaining that um, we have not been on Apple Podcasts, and we've been struggling to try and communicate with them and you know, do everything we possible to get back up. And uh, when we had our meeting with the Blueberry team, uh, they uh, they said they agree that it's probably our conservative content. And that's, uh, he said, we can't really confirm that. But uh, the only reason uh, you and others, if you have conservative stuff, they're, they're, they're taking you off. And so we were able to get back on, but we had to fight for it. And I just want to thank our listeners that you've given us the resources financially to pay, spend people, spend money to go out and fight for our cause. Because, Jess, they took us off. And you know what's so funny about it, Jesse? We're just a little fish in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, give me a break, brother. All right. Hey, Jess, before we get to yeah. the soul food, I just want to have another good news story. I see that's good news in one sense. Oh, it sure it is. It shows that we're making, we got it back on. You know, we we, yeah. we don't, we get knocked down. I only have one question. Did you get up, Romero? Barbara, Amen. did you get up? Amen. Yeah, we got up. Okay. Federal court affirms the Biden administration cannot force doctors to perform gender mutilation surgeries. Praise God for that. Somebody's got their head on straight. Another one that I think is good, could be better, but the House rescinds military jab mandate for COVID without reinstatement or back pay for ousted service members. So a lot of our friends who listen that are military guys, uh, they're going to be happy to hear that that's happening. And then, Jesse, there's been 50,000 people who have had sex changes and have regretted it wow. and wanted reversals, okay? If they, I mean, what do you do? You, you can't really, but uh, this, you know, back a year or two ago when we heard about the, oh, yeah, retired Navy SEAL who made headlines from transitioning to male to female. Well, guess what? He wants to be a male now. Because he realized he made a big mistake. He said he had one-hour interview with a doctor. And they said, okay, we'll take care of that. For, we can take care of that for you. No problem, buddy. We'll make you into a girl. Wrong. Here's my point, Jesse. There's 50,000 people out there in America who have had this surgery and are regretting it. When are we going to wake up and say, hey, uh, stop this nonsense? <laughs> right, I'm, I'm done, Jess. <laughs> Well, let me get, let's, let's um, jump into some soul food here, then we'll okay. talk about some other issues. Right, and today's also the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh, yeah. Pray for us. us. Luke chapter 1, verse 39 and following today's holy gospel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah yep. and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb. That would be John the Baptist. Yep. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That's part, by the way, of the Hail Mary that we pray. It's taken right from this verse directly. The only thing that we do when we pray the Hail Mary is we add the word Jesus, because Jesus is the fruit of the womb of Mary. And we all know that. Even Protestants would agree with that. It says, Our Lady says, And how did this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Or That's Elizabeth saying it. For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb, that's John the Baptist, leapt for joy. 
In other words, when John the Baptist was in the presence of the new of the New Testament Ark of the Covenant, which is Mary, remember, the Bible says that David leapt, same Greek word, David leapt before the Ark of the Covenant when it was brought back to Jerusalem. Here it says John the Baptist, just like King David, leapt before the New Testament Ark of the Covenant, which is the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it says, Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Towards the end, I just want to mention, because sometimes Protestants, uh, they, they misinterpret this or they have a problem with this. Or it's a stumbling block for them. They'll say, okay, well, you guys uh, ha- have these four Marian dogmas and you guys have a high view of Mary. Uh, they'll say, but Mary calls God her Savior. So Mary, here's the Protestant's argument. Mary, therefore, if she was a, needed a Savior is because she's a sinner. And, uh, and therefore, you as Catholics exalt her too much. Well, how does the church explain this That where it says Mary says... Uh, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Absolutely, the Catholic Church, the fathers of the church have always said that everybody needs a Savior. Right. Mary, Mary's part of the human family. Mary, Mary's not the fourth person of the Trinity. She's not deity. She's a, she's a human person, but she's God's masterpiece in the human race. So she also needs a Savior. But the difference between Mary and us is that Mary was saved perfectly in anticipation of original and actual sin. In other words, all of us were born in actual sin. That's in the Bible, Psalm 51. I think it's verse 5. It says, in my mother's womb, I was born in sin. Mary's the only person that by a singular act of her son, Jesus Christ, preserved her from the stain of original sin. So if you think about the analogy used by some of the fathers of the church, think about Our Lady uh, there's a you're you're walking down the forest and it's dark and there's a big there's a big uh, hole in the ground and it's just being covered with branches. Yeah, like all of us, Terry, myself, all of us, as we were walking through this dark forest, we fell That's right. in that hole and in the mud and we got we got dirty <laughs> and Jesus came through baptism. He stuck his arm out and he pulled us out of the mud through the waters of baptism. Mary was also walking through that forest. And before she fell, like the rest of us did, our Lord Jesus Christ, by a singular merit of his grace, prevented her from following, reached over to his mom and said, no, you're not going to fall. So she was preserved from the mud, from the stain of original sin. That's why she calls God her Savior, because she was saved in a more perfect manner, Terry. Well said. I always say pre-redeemed, because she was redeemed by the blood of Christ, like the rest of us, but ahead of us. Okay. Hey, Jess, let's get the smartest guy into the room. Full scene ahead. And I did mention today's title, Battle for the American Soul. Mm. And I got Bishop Sheen talking about truth, because that's really what we were battling over. What is truth? So Bishop Sheen says, truth brings with it great responsibilities. That is why so many men keep their hands open to welcome it. 
but never close them to grasp it. <laughs> what an analogy. Interesting. In their cowardness, they keep their minds open so they will never have to close on anything that would entail responsibility, duty, moral correction, or altered behavior. Jesse, this quote from Sheen just describes the battle we're having in America because the battle is over truth. What is the true of teaching on marriage? And Bishop Sheen's point is that we have to be not a coward to say, oh, well, whatever the state says. No, we have to be men of goodwill and men that have courage to say, no, I'm not going to compromise my faith. That's what Bishop Sheen is saying to me, Jess. Your thoughts? Amen. Yeah, uh, Terry, uh, going back to Mary's Immaculate Conception, yeah, I think that. even science confirms this. Mm -hmm. Scientists have told us, Terry, that when a woman is pregnant and, when, and, and she gives birth, yep. that a baby in utero leaves healing cells in the mother's body yep. that can, benef that can benef benefit mom, her liver, her heart, and her brain for the rest of her life. Right. So, so science teaches that every child leaves their embryonic stem cells, some stem cells inside the body of the mother. Okay. Since we know that science, think about this. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity who, who took on a human body, his cells, his embryonic stem cells remain inside those, uh, the body of Mary for the rest of her life. Amazing. So Jesus' sacred stem cells remain hidden inside Our Lady, not only for nine months, science says forever yeah. they remain. And this is why, again, uh, this this uh, whole reciprocity of stem cells, baby giving, sharing it with mom and mom sharing her stem cells with her son. During the pregnancy, the baby cells enter the mother's and the mother cells enter the baby's as well. So, again, even on a scientific level, yes. this explains the beauty and the validity of the doctrines about Mary's immaculate, immaculate conception so dearly held by Catholics. Well said, Jesse. Hey, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the battle for the American soul. But I also want to remind you, we have an evangelization conference coming up with Johnny Romero, Jesse's brother. Oh, you don't want to miss it. 14th. You bet. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Amazing. You can register by going to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151. When we come back, I want to share with you. Uh, my experience with a couple young priests in the Diocese of L.A., I want to keep them, I won't say their names, but when I tell you what they told me, it's going to give you hope in the church. I've got it. Jesse hasn't even heard this one. I almost called him at 10 o'clock at night to tell him this. <laughs> Folks, when we come back... Shut up, I could use good news. Yeah, this is, well, I'm going to give it to our listeners when we come back, and then we'll talk about the battle for the American soul. You're listening. Yeah, to Terry and Jesse, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess and I, we'd be billionaires because our hope is in Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, to save the world from sin. We're going to talk about more of that when we come back. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. I gave you what they call in radio a teaser. And that is about the good young priests that are coming in to the church. And uh, sometimes I meet with these young guys. I, I, I'm always surprised. I call Jess. I say, Jess, there's guys in the chancery office listening to our radio show. 
<laughs> and they just can't say anything. Well, <laughs> these guys are young priests, and uh, they uh, I didn't know them, that, but I guess I... Here's what happens, Jess. 20 years later, or 10 years when they're in the seminary, I give them Bishop Sheen's A Life is Worth Living at a Religious Ed Congress when they're seminarians. They remember me. I don't remember them because, you know, it's one fleeting moment. So, yeah, they, they tell me that uh, they listen to us and uh, they're really aware of what's going on in the church. I mean, privately, they say Latin masses in their room. What? Yeah, because they said, I, we read the Spirit of the Liturgy from Benedict XVI. We read those documents uh, of Vatican II in a way that says that, wait a minute, Latin, we're supposed to know our parts of the Mass in Latin. Well, how are they going to know that if we don't say the Mass in Latin? Well, when they get in a position of authority, and I'll just say one of them, Jesse, <laughs> that I met, are you ready for this? says a Trinitine daily Mass. Okay? Now... <laughs> I'm just saying, what is going on here? But the point of it is, folks, I tell you this could give you hope because we see a lot of crazy things. Richard, our, in, our engineer, went to a, a parish. Uh, I won't say where it is, but it's known for its homosexuality. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was just terrible. I said, Richard, what are you trying to do? Penance? Extra penance? Don't go there. <laughs> you know, the point I'm trying to convey to our listeners, Jess, is we've got hope that we are making progress in the sense of the church right now, because these young priests are well aware of what's going on, and I was excited to hear that. But this kind of sets the stage because it should give us hope to battle for what we, you know, this article, which we're going to cover, battle for the American soul. Terry, this is the battle that we will be fighting until the second coming of Christ, because we are now living in the days of Noah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what were the days of Noah, essentially? If you read the Jewish commentaries on the Old Testament called Midrash, yeah. the Jewish rabbis at the time of Christ and even before our Lord said that, that in the days of Noah's, there was rampant homosexuality. Yep. Guess what? We got it. We are here. So how do we battle for American soul, the American soul? Uh Great article by our friends at TFP.org. It's uh, probably the most complete plan uh, and explanation that I've ever seen on an article. Outside of a book, obviously there's books that talk about this, but in an article, this is probably the most complete uh, article on this topic that I've ever seen. So how does the homosexual marriage threaten our nation and faith? Homosexual so-called same marriage. Yeah, so-called, right. Yeah. Within the perspective of the na- of the nation's cultural war, mm-hmm. Americans felt the force of two actions favoring the homosexual movement in May 2008. Same so-called same-sex marriage is now being imposed upon the nation by government fiat under the Biden administration. On May 15, 2008, California Supreme Court declared the un- unconstitutionality <laughs> of Proposition 22. It was under, by the it way... Was, the it re- was actually Proposition 8, yes. Wasn't okay, that... this here in the Article 22. I know, but 8, yeah. I was there, I saw it. I voted, okay. it was upsetting for me. Go ahead. And I think it was Kamala Harris. That's that right. Was the, yeah, yeah. The Attorney you were General still in California, time. brother. Yep. Uh, so California essentially ignored the voices of 61% of California voters yep. who approved the measure in 2000. And all, of, all other California statutes restricting marriage to the union of one man and one woman and imposed homosexual marriage on the Golden State. Yep. Concomitantly, New York Governor David Patterson 
unilaterally ordered all government agencies to revamp their rules, procedures, and regulations so as to show legal recognition to same-sex, so-called same-sex marriages contracted outside the state. Point number A, the acceptance of same-sex marriage is incompatible with Christianity. Amen. You think? <laughs> yeah, you think it's right. Number one, diverging views on reality and the natural order. That's what we have here. Secularism, which is which is satanic, by the way. That's worldly thinking. Mm-hmm. Worldly thinking is satanic. Uh, I think it was one, the cardinal from Thailand that spent 13 years in prison. He gave a he wrote an article on that. Worldly thinking is satanic. Yep. Cardinal Cardinal Thuan. Secularism's profound divergence from a Christian worldview. Anchored in reality lies at the root of this clash. When man's understanding of a thing corresponds to reality, it is true. When it does not, we have error, which can be the result of an intellectual mistake, a whim, or an ideological bond that deforms our perception. In such cases, we detach ourselves from reality and attach attach ourselves to an illusory, utopian understanding of the thing. That describes exactly, Terry, uh, the LGBT leftist today. Exactly. Well, so keep going, Jesse. I'm in the middle of of responding to a a listener right now. Keep going. You always are. No, I'm just... Number two, this has also led to different concepts of marriage, family, and society. Few issues illustrate the divergence between the secularist and the Christian worldviews as does today's cultural battle over marriage. Secularists accept same-sex marriage while denying the specific reality of marriage rooted in nature. They deny that the self-evident biological, physiological, and psychological differences between men and women find their complementarity in marriage. Just as they deny that the, that the specific primary purpose of marriage is the perpetuation of the human race and the raising of children. This strictly natural concept of marriage is sustained by the Old and New Testaments. We read in the book of Genesis, quote, God created man in his image. In the divine image, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, that's chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. Yep. The same was taught by our Savior Jesus Christ in the New Testament, Mark, 10, Mark chapter 10, verse 6. From the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. Wow. Rejection of the Christian worldview is secularism's negative, destructive aspect. Its positive aspect is the utopia of a society without moral restraints and in which marriage and the family have been redefined. Let me make two comments. I'll take Pastor Lord Terry. This, this is consistent with what Saint, Sister Lucia, the last Fatima seer, says that the final battle between Satan and the human race will be on the issue of marriage and family. Well said, Jesse, you know, we're talking about the utopian society and the loss of freedom. History is a great teacher. Boy, is it. In the 20th century, Nazism, communism showed the world that when society loses its moorings in the natural order and gives itself over to utopias, the infiltrable 
In- inevitable. Inevitable result is dictatorship. This dictatorship can take many forms and be exercised from the halls of government, which is going right now. Party headquarters, judicial chambers, or even media outlets. Just a threat to religion and freedom. That's what we're talking about, folks. We should not delude ourselves. Over the past decades, America has witnessed a rising tide of laws, decrees, regulations, judicial decisions that favor homosexuality on one hand and hinder and punish those who oppose them for reasons of faith and conscience. On the other hand, in writing this statement, we have no intention to defame or disparage anyone. We are not moved by personal hatred. That's what I want people to know. We have love in our hearts, not personal hatred against any individual. It is intellectually opposing individuals and organizations promoting the homosexual agenda. Our only intent is the defense of traditional marriage, the family, the precious remnants of Christian civilization. I'm going to let you continue, but I want to make a comment on the Bishop Strickland Hour. We've been talking about this Tuesday. It's going to come on tomorrow. And he said, Terry, I think a time has come. If, if Biden signs this law, on, he calls it the equal marriage law. No, no, it's not that. And if he signs it... It's and, called the attack, the attack on marriage law. Exactly. Strickland said, Terry, are you ready to be sale, a sale, uh, I mean, sell mates? And he says, you know Why? I said, because I'm not compromising. I'm going to continue to give a world biblical view that marriage is between a man and a woman. Whether the government throws me in jail for that, so be it. We've done that. We've been there before. But I, for one, am not going to compromise. I said, Bishop, I got a couple of my buddies will be there with us. Terry, you know what? Uh, Biden is going to be the dictator that's going to try to force this upon all of us. Oh, he is. Because he's the one that brags that under the Obama administration— he convinced Barack That's Obama yep. to, to promote so-called same-sex marriages. Yep. Biden says, I was a singular person that, that was uh, take, involved in getting this passed. Yeah, take I convinced that, Barack Obama to do so. Yeah, take that to your exit interview, Mr. Obama. And, uh, and he is. I mean, he Mr. Is. Biden, wow. He's not going he he to change his Well, position. I hope he changes because you know what that does? The, the way the condemns treatment bends, it falls. It condemns him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he's, he's already... Uh, history's already bent towards that position. He's pharaoh, Terry. He's a modern pharaoh. I agree, Richie, Jesse. His, I, I, his, his heart is hardened yep. in that position. Yep. Uh, as practicing Catholics, we are filled with compassion and pray for those who struggle against unrelenting Absolutely. and violent temptation to homosexual sin. We pray for those who fall into homosexual sin out of human weakness mm-hmm. that God may assist them with his grace. We are conscious of the enormous difference between th- these individuals who struggle with their weakness and strive to overcome it, and others who transform their sin into a reason for pride and try to impose their lifestyle on society as a whole in flagrant opposition to traditional Christian morality and natural law. However, we pray for these too. That's something very interesting. If you notice, for example, Terry, yes. when a conservative Republican's a homosexual, yeah. they don't say anything. They keep their mouth shut. Right. And they just do their job, and, 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 and they don't promote it. They're not... Uh, advocating, they're not bucking for it. They're not right. involved in, in homosexual pride parades. When a d- liberal Democrat is a homosexual, they flaunt it. That's right. They want you to know about it, yeah. and they want to shove it down your throat, and they they want to make sure you better accept this. Uh, so th- there's a difference when a homosexual is a Democrat and a homosexual is a, a Republican. It's true. There's a difference in the way they they act uh, as politicians in, in regards That's to a the, fact, hom- the yes, yeah. yeah. 
we are conscious of the enormous difference. Uh, oh, well, I read, we pray for the judges, legislators, and government officials who in one way or another take steps that favor homosexuality and same-sex marriage. All the time. We do not judge their intentions, interior dispositions, or personal motivations. We reject and condemn any violence. We simply exercise our liberty as children of God, Romans 8, 21, mm-hmm. and our constitutional rights of free speech and, can- and the candid, unapologetic, an unashamed public display of our Catholic faith. We oppose arguments with arguments to the arguments in favor of homosexuality and same-sex marriage. We respond with arguments based on right reason, natural law, and divine revelation. Hang on. When we come back, we'll continue on this. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. We're talking about the battle for American soul here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Much more to give you. When you talk on this topic, you're going to be well-informed. Stay with us. (laughs) Hit it, Jess. You know, Terry, that commercial that you had, it takes a lot of courage. I I commend you. I take my hand off. You, You... I don't know any Catholic out there on any radio network, on any television network that would say what you just said. You're you're warning. You're like you're like Lot warning his family. Mm. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Follow me. The the city's going to. Ha- yeah. And you're you're telling young people. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be Lot for you guys with this microphone. It's time for you guys to get out. Yep. I- I just want to just uh, commend you, Terry, because that, that takes a lot of courage for you to do that. It's just the truth, Jess. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's all I can do. And see, do. Terry, you and me care. See, like Terry says, he goes, I'm an old dude. Yeah. I, 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 I'm here to fight. I mean, I'm not going to not gonna generate more new life. I'm not nope. going to. I'm here to fight for my kids and my grandkids. But for the, the younger folks, do like Lot. Take your wife and your family and flee the city. Yep. All right. Continue on this wonderful. Jesse, this this article, though, I want people to understand why it's so important to get it off to either jesseromero.com or vmpr.org's website, because this is giving you such great material to defend the position of Christianity with a world biblical view on marriage. Yeah. uh, These guys, uh, again, fellow travelers, Terry, these guys are tracking in the right direction like they've they've been Mm -hmm. for years. So there's 10 reasons why so-called homosexual marriage is harmful and must be opposed. Shortly after the California Supreme Court legalized same-sex, so-called same-sex marriage, Professor David Carlin, look at what he wrote. And uh, this, is, this is a theological bomb. Yeah. He said, the Christian moral system is no minor part of Christianity, any more than the heart or lungs are minor parts of the human body. Overthrow the Christian moral system and you will have overthrown Christianity itself. Mm -hmm. Therefore, those who are pushing for the institution of same-sex marriage are ipso facto pushing for the elimination of the Christian religion. Amen. 100%. This is where they're going. This is where the left, this is where Satan is going. That's right. They know if they could get this. And, and, and shoehorn this in every part of American life and, and, and through the world, through the World Economic Organization, United Nations, World Economic Forum, uh, European Union. Christi- they're going to destroy Christianity because Christianity then just becomes uh, a, a religion with a message without any moral implications. And Jesse, Cardinal Seurat said the same thing 
when he said the fundamental values promoted by the UN, United Nations, are based on a rejection of God. That's what everything right here is. It's a rejection of God. Continue. By legalizing so-called same-sex marriage, the state becomes its official and active promoter. It calls on public officials to officiate at the new civil ceremony, orders public schools to teach its acceptability to children. That's where they're going after our kids. Yeah. And punishes any state employee who expresses disapproval. Yeah, any Christian employee. Yeah. In the private sphere, objecting parents will soon see their children exposed more than ever to this new morality. Business offering wedding services will be forced to provide them for same-sex unions. And rental property owners will have to agree to accept same-sex couples mm -hmm. as tenants. In any situation where marriage affects society, the state will expect Christians and all people of goodwill to betray their consciences by condoning through silence or act an attack on divine law and the natural order. Left unchecked, this anti-Christian trend will become an unprecedented assault on the First Amendment and on our way of life that we do not hesitate to call persecution. Yeah, and it started with Biden when he was vice president, and it's continuing with him, uh, our unelected president. Terry, with that number five. I'm going to keep going on it, Jess, but the, the word silent, you see, we cannot be silent with this. You know, he says in the article, as homosexual revolution, anti-Christian intolerance makes itself felt through increasingly persecution measures, a terrible problem of conscience arise in anyone who resists. Should we follow our conscience or should we give in? That's the question. Well, you follow your conscience, right? For Catholics like ourselves, yes. the condoning of same-sex marriage would be tantamating to it. Basically, a renunciation of our faith. Wow, well, number six. Yep, oh, go ahead, moral, moral acceptance of so-called same-sex marriage is, is tantamount to the denial of divine revelation. That's right. As Professor Carlin pointed out, the Christian moral system, by the way, he also wrote a book. It's, it's, it's called... Uh, can a Catholic be a Democrat? Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah, one. He's yeah. the one that wrote that book. Yeah, I didn't know that. He says, the Christian moral system is an essential part of Christianity. Catholic dogma and morality are founded on divine revelation and therefore must be accepted by virtue of the supreme authority of God, who guarantees their truthfulness and goodness. The same God who revealed truths on what we must believe also revealed truths on how we are to live. Therefore, when a Catholic rejects a truth in moral matters that is clearly contained in revelation, he rejects the divine authority That's right. that guarantees that truth and the whole supernatural basis of the Catholic faith. Now, divine revelation, the constant teaching of the magisterium, and the moral sense of the Christian people clearly condemn homosexual acts. Right. Thus, to deny the intrinsic evilness of the homosexual act of sodomy, and even more, to recognize it as worthy of practice or acceptance in the social order is to contradict expressly the d divine revelation and the precepts of natural law. What a powerful sentence. That was that powerful. And he's going to get into how all this works. This is great. Now, B, the Catholic Church's perennial, we always talk about perennial teachings, irremutable moral doctrine condemns homosexual practice. End of story. Some cardinals need to know that. For a Catholic, the stakes do not get higher since nothing is more precious than the faith. Thus, it is useful to review the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church so that they can be no doubt about the intrinsic immorality of homosexuality. I've been saying that for years. This teaching of the Church is unchangeable 
as it is based on the immutable divine revelation and the unalterable human nature. Okay? The view of homosexual movements, unrelating propaganda, judicial rulings, and legislative measures favoring the practice of homosexuality, the magisterium of the church has repeatedly been obliged to remind the faithful of the perennial moral doctrinal and homosexual acts are intrinsically evil. The most important of these reminders are found in Jesse will go there, but let me just make one comment. And the comment is any unjust law to us Christians, it's not a law. Like for example, the law of killing an unborn baby. Yeah. We don't, we don't accept that as a legitimate law. That's no law because it's not divine law. It's not even natural. No, it's, it's so go ahead, Jess, continue, please. <laughs> yeah. God help us then. Oh, people are, are commenting right now to us saying, man, you guys are hitting hard. Keep it up. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. There's a document called uh, oh, yeah. Persona Humana, yep. Declaration on Certain Questions yep. Concerning Sexual document. Ethics. Yep. That was on, written on December 29th, 1975, amid the widespread abandonment of Christian morality caused by the sexual revolution. So the Holy See's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, under Cardinal Ratzinger, published Persona Humana, Declaration on Certain Questions Concerning Sexual Ethics. Regarding homosexuality, the document rejects the conclusion drawn by some that a stable homosexual relationship is analogous to marriage can be justified. No. Here's what the document says on Section 8. No pastoral method can be employed which would give moral justification to these acts on the ground that they would be consonant with the condition of such people. For according to the objective moral order, homosexual relations are acts which lack an essential and indispensable finality. I wonder if Father James Martin has read this document and, and many people in, in, uh, in, the, in the Roman Curia today, Terry. Yeah, I think the, the modernists, I'll just call them what they are, they don't read this because you know what they say? We've got a better idea now. We've come a long way. I've heard a cardinal say that the Romans quotation that we quoted, well, that was good for the you know, 2,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago. Wow. Now, you know, we don't, we don't, we think that we have to change that. I mean, the goal of having a cardinal say that just blows me away. That, there's another letter, Jesse, that we all used to quote from. It was a letter to the bishops of the Catholic Church on pastoral care of homosexual uh, persons. It was October 1st, Little Flowers Feast, 1986. Again, now Cardinal Ratzinger became the prefect in 1980. So for the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith, he published a letter to the bishops, I will never forget this, to the Catholic Church on pastoral care of homosexual persons, addressed to all Catholic bishops in the world. The letter states that a person engaging in homosexual behavior therefore acts immorally. Number seven. End of story, right? But the letter also states that those afflicted with same-sex attraction are called to enact the will of God in their life by joining whatever suffering and difficulties they experience in virtue of their condition to the sacrifice of the Lord's cross, number 12. In other words, hey, just because you have an inclination to be a same-sex or homosexual, that uh, you if you don't act on it, it's cool, man. Uh, work on you know denying yourself. Just like Jesse Romero and myself, we're heterosexual. Guess what? We have one woman. We say no to any other woman by the very fact that we got married we have to practice that discipline. And he does too as a homosexual in a different way. But the bottom line is he has to learn how to say no to himself. That's right. 
Number three, Pope John Paul II's encyclical Veritatis Splendor. Oh my gosh, that's written, great. Written in 1993. Yep. The, the, which, which is, yeah, which, you know, the splendor of truth. That's yeah, what it splendor means. Splendor of truth. It says, in, in, he says in paragraph number 81, quote, the teach, in teaching the existence of intrinsically evil acts, the church accepts the teaching of sacred scripture. Oh, that's great. The Apostle Paul emphatically states, do not be deceived, neither the, neither the immoral, nor, nor idolaters, nor, nor adulterers, nor sexual perverts. Uh, and, and the word sexual pervert there is homosexual of in course. Greek. Yeah. Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, will in, nor robbers will inherit the kingdom of God. So it's quoting 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. And the actual Greek word for uh, sexual perverts, other Bibles will say actual homosexuals. That's the actual Greek word. And Terry, also the Catechism of the Catholic Church came out in 1994. Yep. And I'll be honest with you. I'm just going to put it out there. I know sure. I, I may be criticized for this. All right. The only catechism that, that I will use is the 1994 catechism. Yeah. Anything else after that, because, again, people are just keep putting their hands in the cookie jar and saying, let's change this. Let's <laughs> change. I'm not changing anything, Terry. Uh, the 1994 was corrected from the 1992 by Pope John Paul II because there was things that were... Uh, there was some, a mistranslation. Yeah. So the 1994 is the only one that I'll use. I don't use anything after that. That's the one he that, says. That's it. me personally. But Jesse, the Pope said it's the sure norm for our faith, so that's good enough for me. That one is. That's that one. Exactly, brother. <laughs> Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Yes, I got big news. They just gave me a piece of paper to read on the air. It says, coming okay. up after this show of the Terry and Jesse show, a Virgin Most Powerful radio is going to be broadcasting the never-ending struggle with Charles Colomb. He's, his health is back. And after this show, we will replay Charles' first show where he explains the never-ending struggle of Christianity. It fits right into our topic. New episodes are set to premiere every Monday at 12 noon, right after the Terry and Jesse show. So make sure you enjoy the never-ending struggle on vmpr.org. Good news, Jess. That, that is good news, Terry. Back in the saddle. Yeah, praise God. Um, this article is worth, worth going to oh, go to the website, vmpr.org or jessiremera.com. Yeah. Every Catholic should read this article and save it and share it with their network of family and friends. Amen. It's called Battling for America's Soul. This is exactly where we're at right now. Uh, I mean, we're not going to finish this, but, uh, no. you know, we'll, 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 we'll give it, uh, as they say, the old college try. <laughs> uh, we were on the section where I was about to read the catechism, and I yeah. lost my place here, Terry. Do you oh, have yeah, I got it, Jess. If you're read, yeah, let me just get it. I'm turning Oh, there the it is. I yeah. see it. You see it there. Go ahead. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in 1994, yep. this is the only one that I use, okay? Right. So, you know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't use any ones after 1994. <laughs> uh, it's, it restated the doctrine yeah. expressed in previous documents. Yeah. The Catechism clearly teaches that homosexual acts are unnatural and among the sins gravely contrary to chastity in paragraph 2396. Yeah. Also, considerations regarding proposals to give legal recognition to union between homosexual persons. In 2003, the Holy See launched yet another document Cardinal Ratzinger, boy, he's been fighting first. Oh, yeah, he has. Recalling Catholic doctrine. I guess he, he like a prophet. He just saw this coming, Terry. Yeah. Recalling Catholic doctrine and sexual morals and condemning the proposed legalization of same-sex marriage and civil unions, 
published by the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith on July 31st, 2003. The document is called Considerations Regarding Proposals to Give Legal Recognition to Unions Between Homosexual Persons was signed by the CDF's prefect, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, who became Pope Benedict XVI later on. It says, based on the principle that marriages, that marriage supposes the complementarity of the sexes, the, the document explains that, quote, marriage is not just any relationship between human beings. It was established by the creator with its own nature, essential properties and purposes. And the document by Cardinal Ratzinger also concludes by saying, quote, there are absolutely no grounds for considering homosexual unions to be in any way similar or even remotely analogous to God's plan for marriage and family. Marriage is holy, while homosexual acts go against the natural moral law. Homosexual acts close the, the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine effective and sexual complementarity. Under no circumstances can they be approved. And his footnote is paragraph 2357 of the Catechism. Mm -hmm. Sacred Scripture condemns homosexual acts as a serious depravity. Uh, Cardinal Ratzinger quotes Romans 124, 1 Corinthians 6.10, 1 Timothy 1.10. Right. And uh, he writes also the document, he writes, This same moral judgment is found in many Christian writers of the first centuries and is unanimously accepted by Catholic tradition. We call the reader's particular attention to this quote. The Holy See teaches there's no analogy between the homosexual unions and God's plan for marriage. Our courts legalizing so-called same-sex marriage is based on this non-existent analogy. Jesse, with the few minutes we have left, I'd like to go over to where it says Catholics have an obligation to oppose same-sex marriage. Consideration states that Catholics must do their utmost. Yeah, our listeners, you and I, to oppose the legalization of homosexual unions. We are bound to resist homosexual marriage, taking into the account the following points in consideration. These are bullet points that I think are very important. Number one. The approval of legalization of evil is something far different from toleration of evil. Good point. Yes. Number two. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. Number, number two. Uh, one, um, one. I'll just go down the next one. Go one ahead, must yeah, go down the list. refrain go from any kind of formal cooperation in the intactment in, in or application of the grave of such gra uh, gravely unjust laws. See, we can't participate in it. Number three, material cooperation. This is a big one, Jess. Yes. In the level of their application must be avoided. Mm. Number five, one must even resort to the right to consciousness objection. And the last one, we have, where homosexual unions have been legalized, clear and emphatic opposition is a duty, Jess. So see, this is why it's compelling us to speak up, not be silent. Yeah, and let's uh, let's go to some of the action items in oh, this those article. Are great. Yeah, we got a couple minutes for that. Yeah, we have a few minutes. Uh, again, the hey. action items would be the the the, the first one. Yeah. was Terry, and Terry just read all the bullet points. Catholics have an obligation to oppose same-sex marriage. I have to do that. That's the first action item. The second one is again, laws that contradict right reason do not bind the Catholic in conscience. So these are unjust laws That's right. that are being promoted by the new Caesar, who's bro Joe Biden. He, <laughs> he, no, he's, a, he's the new Caesar. He's the new King Herod. Uh, point number three, and we just read that, is Catholic politicians yes. have a specific obligation. Should I, I think a lot of Catholic politicians in this regard, Terry, are dropping the ball. Oh, yeah. 
especially on the Democrat side, virtually all of them Mm -hmm. are dropping the ball. And on the Republican side, I think uh, like half a dozen uh, dropped the ball. The rest of them are holding fast to what the church teaches. Uh, Point number four, action item, being faithful to our baptismal vow. Amen. A Catholic who accepts the practice of homosexuality and and so-called same-sex marriage as a good renounces natural moral principles confirmed by divine revelation and thus breaks the vow of fidelity made to our Lord Jesus Christ at baptism. And and I'll add also, you enter into mortal sin and you've just violated one of the four sins that screams God's God's vengeance to heaven. Jesse, why don't you just, so we always talk about that, but for those new listeners, the Bible condemns this as as, uh, that, that heaven, um, it, 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 there's there's unjust wages that when your um, employer doesn't pay his employee well then are enough that's also condemned from heaven and homosexuality is one of those sins and so this is why we can't be silent because we have to have a world biblical view not a worldly view anytime I think just said it the cardinal and and um, in Thailand said it when you have a secular world view uh, that's uh, coming from Satan I mean absolutely that's, that's how it that- works. He wants you to just to think about the weekend, not eternal life. Yeah, get you distracted. Just, just think about the next margarita, as the Roman emperors did very, uh, very successfully with the men in the Roman Empire for hundreds of years. Uh, food and entertainment, food and entertainment, pani vino, pani vino. Yeah. Terry, in the Catholic faith, yeah, we have venial sins, yes, which 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 uh, it wounds your injures your relationship with analogy. God. Yep. Uh, mortal sin separates you, yep. separates you from God. Yep. And then we have uber mortal sins in paragraph 1867. They're called the sins that cry to heaven. That's it. The sins that cry to heaven, paragraph 1867. And this is the catechetical tradition that goes all the way back to St. Cyril of Alexandria. Wow. Uh, here are the four sins that cry to heaven. Number one, the blood of Abel, which means what? Murder, killing an innocent... What is murder? Murder is the intentional killing of an innocent Innocent. human being. That's murder. That's the blood of Abel. Number two, the sin of the sodomites. That's the practice of the homosexual act. Number three, and by the way, the Democrats are are guilty of number one and number two, abortion and so-called homosexual marriage. So of the four worst sins that cry to heaven, the Democrats support the first two. Let's look at the next next two. The cry of the people oppressed in Egypt, the cry of the foreigner, the widow, and the orphan. I would argue, Terry, Mm -hmm. that Democrat policies keep people in oppression because the Democrat policies are a move towards socialism. Dependency. Yeah, which dependent on the government, which keeps people oppressed to Egypt. You nailed it. And I would also argue that that, uh, the Democrat entitlements that came in the 60s under Lyndon B. Johnson. Yep, the great... This free this, free that, free everything else. This keeps people wedded to the government. So this keeps widows and orphans. It keeps people basically on the government dole, yep. which they don't realize <coughs> the, the, the government becomes a, a nanny state. Yep. Okay. And they are they are beholden to the government. In other words, they're oppressed whether they know it or not. From the cradle the fourth, to the grave. Go ahead. <coughs> and the fourth sin that cries to heaven and the catechism, yep. is injustice to the wage earner. Yeah, that's right. I would argue that probably both parties are guilty of that. 
I would say more so the Democrat Party. Why? I'll tell you why is that. I'll get very specific. When welfare and welfare reform and the Great New Deal was passed in the 60s by LBJ, the Democrat, who later became president, uh, what, what ended up happening, Terry, you know who used to do most of the labor in this country? Uh, in the railroad, railroad ties, construction, painting. It was blacks. Of course. Blacks and, 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 and poor white people, poor white guys and blacks. They were the labor force in this country. But with the with the unjust immigration laws by the Democrats, they've brought in hundreds of thousands of people south of the border. And what's that happened, Terry? That's disenfranchised right. a lot of blacks and a lot of poor white people that they were. These were the blue collar jobs that yeah. they, they they were doing these. And, you know, right after World War One, you know, right before World War One, yeah. after World War Two. Yeah. Now, most of them are farmed out. Uh, to cheaper labor to people south of the border because they're Hispanic, they'll work for less. That's right. And so the Democrats constantly violate this this paying an unjust wage to an uh, to a, to the wage earner because again they want to save money, and that's this has disenfranchised uh, blacks historically and many poor whites who meant most of them they don't go to college or simple you know you know you know lunch pail type guys this disenfranchise them from blue collar jobs terry so of the four sins that cry to heaven the democrats violate all four yeah jesse i want to also remind everybody that, you know this time right now is a great time to evangelize people with the faith yes. and so don't forget go to our website and come and join us on our evangelization conference saturday january 14th with johnny romero myself or call us at 877-526-2151. Ultimately, Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? <laughs> state of sanctifying grace. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Give the devil your back. Turn your back on Satan. Be like the angels. Face God. Face him. Look at him. And turn your back on this corrupt generation, Terry. Well said, and remember, I keep promoting the Fatima message, especially today. You know, Our Lady said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Our listeners, yeah, at home, grandma, the kids, we all can make sacrifices for the salvation of souls. And that's what I'm asking all of us to do, including myself, to just make these sacrifices. A big sacrifice is doing your duty well. What is God calling you to do? Get to school, get to work on time. Fulfill your duties in your state and life. Up next, Charles Cologne. Stay with us, family, on Virgin Most Powerful Radio.